0: Circle it back up. Bring it on in. Making our way. Can we just take a second, can we make some noise for the tech team in the back? They're really doing it, volunteers. But you know what, specifically, is y'all don't always notice, the music is kind of always on. Like that was just like some great conversational music. Like did y'all like that? Every time you just have a vibe in the background, thank the tech team. Um, All right, so we are in the book of Mark, in the Gospel of Mark this uh, year, not this year, but so far. Um, And so last week, Uh, If you're here, Corey talked about uh, the baptism of Jesus, which brings us uh, to this. So this is Mark chapter 1. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. So here's what's interesting about this. (laughs) So Jesus goes. He has this moment. He's baptized, the clouds split open in the sky. The voice of God is like, I love you. You're so perfect. You're so wonderful. I'm so pleased with you. Boom, into the wilderness. You're like, interesting, um, but also relatable. Because here's the thing. Have you ever had an experience, like a really, really good experience, and then the air just gets taken right out of the balloon? Um, I remember my wife and I, it was like our first year of marriage, and we started this little company, and we were so excited. And we got our first like big client. Um, she was doing all the creative work. I was leading like workshops. So we go out. This company. She's shooting commercial. I'm leading these like leadership workshops. We're like, oh my god, like this is gonna work. Um, this is happening. We're like traveling together. We're like doing this thing. We're like, it's amazing, right? We come home. We're like on such a high. We're like, we're literally doing something. We're making our life work. We're working together. We just got like someone paid us to travel. Like everything was just like. I mean, high, high, high. We get home, and home, by the way, at the time we lived in a 400 square foot back house, um, which was cute and I loved it. Uh, but it was very um, 400 square foot back house, and <clears throat> and we open the door, and like, you ever have that moment where like something's off, you don't know what yet, and, um, and then we're like looking like a little bit closer, and, and we're like, it's only what I can explain as an infestation. Um, of mice as only evidenced by what they had left behind. And um, that's my worst nightmare in the entire world. So like, imagine just like being like, I'm creating the life I want, God is shining on me. We have just like the best, we're the best. Oh, mice just pooped in our house for an entire week while we were gone. Um, And we don't even know where they are now. Um, So that is uh, not the same, but similar, right? You have this experience. Where, like, everything is working, right? This is every time in, like, high school or college when you went on, like, a retreat in the mountains and everything felt fine. And then you got back and then your real life was still there. And you're like, dang it. Um, and it's relatable. And I think the reason that things like this are in the Bible, we say this all the time, we take the Bible seriously, not literally, is because this is a human experience. We all know what it feels like to go from baptism to wilderness, right? Right? And so it says in here that Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted. And what's interesting is growing up, I just imagined Jesus was being tempted in the ways that uh, the pastors and the preachers of the churches were telling me I'd be tempted, right? So I imagined Jesus got sent to the wilderness and then Satan was in Jesus' ear like, hey, do you want to smoke weed and have premarital sex? Jesus was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I'm gonna listen to DC talk and I'm gonna get out of this wilderness. But that is actually not what happened, you guys. It's crazy. That was not the temptation. So in the other Gospels, um, in Luke and in Matthew, um, we hear what the temptations are, right? We hear what Satan is tempting... Jesus with. And remember, I want this this context for us. So when we talk about something like Jesus on the cross, we would say Jesus didn't suffer for us, Jesus suffered with us, right? Jesus is showing us how to experience this life. And so Jesus was tempted with us in ways I think that that make sense to our life now, still today. And so uh, the first temptation of Jesus is uh, he was out there, he was in the wilderness, he was hungry, and Satan was like, why don't you just turn these stones to bread then and just end this suffering? Because here's what's true about the wilderness. The wilderness is uncomfortable. Suffering is uncomfortable. If you have ever suffered, which you have, um, then you know it's discomfort. You know the void that you experience. You know what it feels like to just feel something in the pit of your stomach, and there's nothing you could do to take it away, and there's nothing you could do to make it go away, and there's nothing you could do but go through it, except the fact that there are some things we can try to do, and those are the things that Jesus was tempted with. Well, if you're uncomfortable, why don't you just turn some stones to bread? Why don't you just find something else to do? Why don't you just not why don't you find a way to make this go away, even though Jesus knew what he needed required that suffering, right? The second temptation the devil was like hey um why don't you just worship me and then i'll give you some power right which is a thing that probably wasn't real but probably sounded good at the time um and then the last temptation he was like why don't you just show everyone your power throw yourself off a cliff and have the angels catch you then right so turn the stones to bread worship me i'll give you power or show everyone your power if you're so big and bad and jesus then So let's talk about these because these are all the things that I think come to us in moments of wilderness and in moments of suffering and in moments where we feel that unfillable void in ourselves that we want to escape it. I think most of us know what it feels like, we live in 2024, to try to find a way to escape our suffering in some way. We know what it looks like to just, I mean, don't give me my screen time report just keep that to yourself and I don't know why who approved that at the Apple office but I don't want to know it because anytime I'm feeling a little discomfort well why wouldn't I just reach for the thing that has all the information in the world and someone on TikTok is doing worse than me and that somehow makes me feel better but that has nothing to do with my own suffering that I need to be sitting with that's not helpful right well why don't you just reach for that number thing the, why don't you just find something why don't you align yourself to something that you feel might make you feel powerful but isn't lasting but isn't real I was watching this interview with Shaq. And um, this is why my screen time is so high. And, and he was talking about, so I don't know if you guys know, but Shaq's a DJ. Okay? Like, for, it's like, for real. Um, those turntables are like double the size. And <laughs> um, they were asking him why he got into DJing, and he was saying that. Um, when you're in the NBA and you're in game, I don't know, what whatever the last game is that it could be of the playoffs, seven? Seven? Okay, I knew it was an odd number. Um, Whatever you're in the last game, you could be in the playoffs, game seven or whatever, and however many experiences he had, I don't know a lot about Shaq, but he's successful. Um, That game seven energy of the NBA Finals, being in the playoffs, the stadium, all those things, he said his last time being there, he said, that is the energy that I will chase for the rest of my life. And he said, there's nothing that even comes close, but the closest thing he could find, the closest substitute he could find is like being in a club and being like (laughs) in the DJ and then everybody waiting for the beat to drop, which is so funny to me, Um, but also so relatable. But the reality is that there are some experiences, there are some baptism, there are some moments where the clouds open up and God is telling us how amazing we are and everything is working. There are some moments that won't be replicated. And I think we're supposed to sit with the discomfort of that. I think we're supposed to sit in the wilderness of that. I think we're supposed to not chase and find and go after that same feeling. Because we probably won't have it again in the same way. We'll have different feelings, we'll have different mountaintop moments, but maybe not the same one. And the idea that we can just keep chasing to find that same thing again will keep us from from what is for us in the wilderness. Does that make sense? If we keep chasing something that can't be replicated or was that moment or we had that time and we say, oh, all I need to do is get back to there or oh, I need to like get this out of here. I need to just like numb. I need to like align myself with something else that can make me feel that again, then we're going to miss everything for us in the wilderness. Then we're going to just pawn off that, that void. And the third temptation when he says, just throw yourself over here off a cliff. have the angels catch you, right? I always think about that because I'm like, there are so many... Things in scripture and so many stories and temptations and all these things that are centered around power and, and what we do with it and how we use it. And, and Jesus' whole thing, he came down to, to flip the entire empire on its side and say, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And this woman who you thought was caught adultery and was going to stone her, no, she's actually this. And this person with leprosy and all these things to, to then just yield his power like every other God of the time, right? Um, and that's a very real temptation because Sometimes, I'm not saying you, but I've experienced this. Sometimes when you get into a situation in your own wilderness, you want to use whatever power or privilege you feel like you have accumulated and export this void onto someone else. Kind of becoming the very thing that you once like got free from. Here's an example. <clears throat> um, 15 years ago, I was standing on a very different kind of stage with a very different kind of microphone giving a very different kind of message. Um, There was (laughs) a lot more lights, okay, some lasers, a light dusting of fog. Um, And I was very wrapped up in an ideology and a theology that right now I would look at people who believe that and I'd be like, you're literally dumb okay? Um, And what I can do sometimes is go deep and dark into the comment section of people who believe that and feel like I'm doing them justice by ripping them to shreds in the comments when all I'm doing is try to export my own emotional labor and discomfort onto them because somehow now I feel like I've arrived and I'm better than them, when really I'm not better than them. They are literally me 15 years ago, so I don't know what that says, but the reality that we get something new and then we take it out on the very people who we just got free from, or we show our power in the same way that other people show their power, or we we export our own emotional labor onto strangers on the internet for what? I don't know. Um, But if you want to see this temptation in action, go into any comment section. You ever just like seen a, a person post a random video of their dog and then the comment section is like, I can't, Does I, that kibble in the background? How dare you, you're like, you're a, you're, I don't know you, Lisa from Ohio and I don't know why you are like coming on this random lady's cute video of her dog just because when we feel uncomfortable, we wanna use whatever power we can to put that discomfort onto someone else. That's a human and nature temptation. It's a real temptation that Jesus experienced. It's a real thing that we experience day to day. And I say all this because this is one of the, it's just a, such a relatable experience. We are going to have times where we feel like the clouds split open and the sun, sun is shining on us and everything is going our way. And I can tell you right now, those are wildly important. But then we're going to have moments where we are in the wilderness where it feels so uncomfortable to be us, where something is working and changing and shifting in us, and our ability to sit with that, to go through that, to not numb it out, to not pawn it off, to not use whatever fake power we feel like we have to just put it on someone else, is gonna create something in us that we need to to do what we need to do to become who we need to become. I've said this a few times in here before. I had a mentor tell me this in college, it changed my entire life. Um, but she said, "You can only experience joy to the depth of which you're willing to experience pain, because they come from the same well. You're only going to engage in the mountaintops of the depths what you're willing to engage in the wilderness because they're made of the same stuff, and we need them both. And I hate to be the one to tell you this, but when you're in the wilderness, and when you feel that discomfort, and when you feel that growing, and that void, and that un, Ugh, I literally hate it." The only way out is through. The only way out is through. The best you can do, the absolute best thing you can do in a mountaintop moment when you just feel like, man, everything's on my way, is to just like, be fully present in that. Do you know where you're in that moment and you're just like, I, wait, I want to stop and take this in because this is like so good? That's unfortunately the same thing we have to do in the wilderness. Sometimes when things are going so well, I'm like, let me put my phone down. Let me, okay. This is my life. Then things are going bad, and I'm like, let me grab everything I can, and let me avoid everything I can, and let me tell you what's wrong with you, let me tell you what's wrong with you, and let me tell you what's wrong with you, because I'm not dealing with what might be wrong with me. I'm a mountaintop girly, okay? (laughs) But unfortunately, the people that I think we want to become and need to become have to be people who sit with it. Who allow that temptation to come and say, like, okay, what do I do without that temptation? Okay, I'm not going to, okay, I'm going to sit with this. I'm going to freaking journal about it or I'm going to do something or I'm going to go on a walk and I'm going to, like, allow this to do something in me and, and teach me something and show me something that I wouldn't know otherwise. Because here's what I know to be true. Suffering is, is the price of admission. I mean, you, there's, there's no way around it as a human. You will have mountaintop moments. You will have suffering moments. And I think the more we live on this earth, we realize they both have a lot to teach us. Our temptations have something to teach us, and our mountaintop motions, motions, motions have something to teach us. I think often about the ways in which I personally am tempted and then what it has to show me. When we get out of temptation as being some, like, worldly thing, the devil's trying to get you to do drugs, just say no. Um, Then you get into the reality that you're like, man, why every time I feel discomfort, why do I want to make someone else feel uncomfortable? And why is it the same kind of people I want to make feel uncomfortable? Wait, is there still a part of me that hasn't reconciled the fact that I did those things, that I stood on those stages, that I spoke at the girls' conferences and talked about purity when I could have talked about literally anything else? (laughs) Dear God. Um... Okay, I think my temptation is teaching me something there. The fact that every time I feel uncomfortable and I want to reach for my phone and I want to watch specific things on my phone that are going to make me feel better about myself, okay, there's something there for me to learn. Oh, the fact that every time I'm tempted, I try to chase, I try to go back to the mountaintop. I try to pretend that the suffering isn't happening. I try to go back to the moment that I had, oh, that has something to teach me. The reality is, every single person in this room, you are a child of God. God is pleased with you. You're freaking beautiful, okay? (laughs) Stunning, gorgeous, talented. Need to watch more Drag Race, but (laughs) you're on your way. Those are facts. And we need to hear those. And we need to know that we are good. That we are created good. And we have good in our bones. And we are good by nature. And we can always return to that good. But none of that protects us from the reality that suffering is a part of what it means to be here. None of that can keep us out of the wilderness. And that's a good thing. Because it can't all be sunshine and rainbows. And when it is, I don't know how much we really even grow. Not that I don't want it. <laughs> I want it. Um, <laughs> but I think we all know that there's something for us in the wilderness. And so this morning, I think that's just what I want us to talk about. It's the reality that, yes, it's so important to know how good we are. It's so important to know that we're loved. It's so important to know that God is pleased with us. But it's also important to know that that doesn't keep us out of the wilderness. And it's important to know that what's for us in the wilderness, the temptations we find in the wilderness, the void, the, what we feel in our suffering, what we try to do with it, also has something to teach us. Not because we're bad or we're these evil people, but because we're humans, who are figuring it out. There's a part of us a part of our life we need to get to, a part of the work we need to do in this world that we cannot get to if we don't sit with these things. If we don't let ourselves be in the discomfort. Which is like literally everything I'm against, but unfortunately it's true. I really, I wish I could give. In another world, sorry, this is such a... In another world, I I would be such a good prosperity gospel preacher. And I really just... (laughs) I feel sad that my life went in the way where I'm like, suffering is important. I'm like, what happened there? Um, (laughs) I would love to be like, planes, trains, automobiles. You could have it all. (laughs) But instead I'm like, sorry, uh, what you need is in the desert. Um, So go get tempted. Um, That's it um that was a a, that was such an unfortunate ending but um but an honest one I want I want a life that is all baptisms all clouds splitting open all God all the time shining on me telling how good I am but everything that I have in this world that I need that I cling to, that I've learned about myself, that has pushed me in maturity, that has pushed me to the next phase of who I need to be, I have found because I have sat with the temptations in the wilderness and asked what they have to teach me. Um, So that's a bummer, but that's where we are. So you're going to grab the same uh, three or four people, and you're going to talk about this question, what is your temptation teaching you? Spooky.